0: Keep it real simple, keep it real simple Bring everything right back to ground zero Cause it all comes down to this
1: Love God and love people we in a world that keeps breaking But if we want to find a way to change it It all comes down to this Love God and love
0: people Girls, Give it up for that band right there this morning Come on, y'all now you may know, little Cody Johnson, until you can't, now let me tell you kind of why it's been messing with me a little bit, alright, so last week we were doing uh, Family Matters, This Is Us, and the whole idea was making sure you spend time with your family, if you didn't get to watch it, go back and look at it, because I'm basically going over four components of a healthy family, so I was talking about all of these different things, of making sure you say the right words, and you you don't miss these opportunities, and then I'm driving down the road and I hear the song, and I'm like, man, that's that's it, and then... I get called to do a funeral today, Miss Lena Thomason. She's a long time, just like a hero in the retail world of right here in downtown Shreveport. Paul, uh, her son, goes to similar Church, and she passed away at like 94 years old. And so can you give her a little love this morning? I'm going to do that funeral here in just a couple of minutes. As soon as this service is over, I'm going to to celebrate her life. Just an amazing icon in this community. And then had another call for another funeral, uh, and it wasn't expected. Uh, Just an amazing man. Uh, Mr. Madison, I'm doing that one Monday. Uh, Then we had some other situations going on too, and I'm like, man, if there's ever been a moment where you go, all right, let me get my head right and wrap my head around what we've been talking about and help you to understand that it really does matter. It matters that you're here today. It matters that you pay attention, that you go, all right, God, speak to me and help me to implement whatever it is we're talking about, not because I'm that good, Because life really is that challenging, and it really is driving your attention and your focus back to the things that help you get through all that, whatever it may be, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I am not immune from that. So as I start this message today, as I walk through, I was talking to some of my putt and Sarah, some of my good friends that were back in the back, and I'm like, man, I need a little boost today because it's been a long week. I also did some chaplain training over in Dallas again, and just hearing all the stories and working through everything, you just realize real quick uh, how important moments like this are and how grateful I am that you tune in and that you're in the room and that all these volunteers work to make it happen. So can you give them a round of applause for making it all happen every week so you can see it and you can hear it? Now the reason I say that as we wrap up this series, Family Matters, I am challenging you with This Is Us again. That's the whole idea on Family Matters is this series is a modern look at life, a family life. And last week, I told you, that it's kind of heavy. This Is Us is not like a necessarily an uplifting show. It's really just very raw and very real. So it works out great as we go on today's message because it will be raw and real. But before I get into where we're going today, a quick reminder of where we were last week. The challenge for you as we wrap it up today is for you to look at your family and define this is us right now. And if you don't ask the questions, whether that's at lunch or at dinner or a date night or on your own, if you're just a single mom or single dad and you go, all right, let me define how we're doing right now, you probably won't get there. You'll just keep on doing what you're doing. You're just going to get in the rat race and it'll just continue and you never really evaluate and your life will just blow by. So then not only do I want you to ask yourself, I want you to also ask the people around you. So it might be with your kids if you're a single mom or dad or if you're a grandparent taking care of your grandkids going, hey, how do you think we're doing right now? If you obviously have a spouse, this is worth the time to say, hey, how do you feel like we are right now? Is there anything we can improve on? And let's cut through the chase. If we're not honest, it doesn't get better. So, if you don't feel like you're getting your needs met, or you don't feel like the family's getting their needs met, then you gotta really talk about this. Then, once you really get to that open discussion, you have to ask the next question, or answer the next question, what do you wanna improve? If you're coming back and going, what is it that needs to be better? All right, what is it that could improve? Now, last week I showed you in Lamentations, you know, you gotta closely examine yourself, you gotta really take a hard look. And Galatians came back at 6 4, it says, don't be looking and judging the other person. As you're evaluating that, look also, and most importantly at yourself, what do I need to be doing better? Why? Because you don't want to compare yourself to social media and everybody else. It's really about you and your family and going, what do we want to get better at? We've talked about four components of a healthy family, and that was where we started last week. The first one was express appreciation and affection. Like a healthy family has a way through words and through action to make sure they are yeah, expressing their love for one another. So I went to chaplain training this week and right before I left, this is on my mirror when I was walking out the door. Angie's, because hers is words, she's writing it out there. Honey, I love you, praying for you, hope you have a good trip. So then, because I'm a smart husband, I went to her mirror and I wrote the same thing. Can not get an amen and applause on that, right? Finally. I was like, I cannot leave. Where's the marker, you know? So I, had, I didn't have lipstick, by the way. I went and got the you know, the Sharpie. No, that wasn't a Sharpie. It was an Expo, so we could wipe it off. But I was going, hey, honey, I love you too. And then this was interesting, and I didn't really take a picture of this, but my kids saw us do it, and they started writing all over the mirror as well. And this is a perfect illustration of why you and you, uh, you and your spouse can set the example, and then they follow along. When I got home last night, late, everybody's there to give me a hug. And I'm like, man, it just means something to me. I am a touch guy. I'm all right with that. I need that. So not so great at words, but boy, I'm going to have no problem hugging you and letting you know. Well, those are the things that are important. Express that. Even if you didn't have it growing up or experience it, now it's your turn to lead and set that example. uh, First Corinthians is what I used last week. It says, hey, let all that you're doing be done with love. Second thing, commit to spending enjoyable time together. Now, this was, again, a reminder of last week. Go back and watch the whole message because this is just a quick recap. But I'm talking about weekly date nights, monthly family nights, yearly vacations. You figure out some way to go, hey, let's spend some time together. And that's why I came out right at the beginning and said, how long till Easter? Two weeks. Why? Because Easter, let me put it on the screen, is a great reminder, April 17th, two hours to choose from to get your family together and have some great Time, some moments that you can go, man, that was fun. It was a great memory. I know that everybody's going, sometimes you're out of town, that's cool. But if you're in town or your grandparents or your friends don't have anywhere to go, invite them and say, man, it's going to be fun. I'm going to keep it short. You're going to have the Easter bunny. You're going to have the eggs. You're going to have great music and, of course, a message. But what most people really want to know is, can I have some fun with my family? And here's a reminder again of what Easter looks like in 30 seconds. Watch. (laughs) man let them know a lot of volunteers making it happen so remember we're doing that tonight so just preparing for you and your family and your friends to come also at the same time i want to remind you of what's coming up this june sk summer is back so we will be doing an sk summer it's a great family event for your kids to come in and we're doing it different this year we're not doing a long week-long thing we're actually going to party central for one night just so you and your family can play together and enjoy that and then we'll do it on sunday morning We'll actually come in and let you and your family sit together and bring all the kids down and have a big time this coming June. So mark your calendars. Be looking for more information as we get closer. Why? We want to give you opportunities to make memories with your kids and most of the time those are free it is like it doesn't cost you a dime just your schedule and making sure you know it's coming now today though where are we going today Justin well we're going to continue and wrap the series up because next week I have a special message leading up to Easter but today it's about the last two components of a healthy family they're not quite so light this is a little bit more keeping it real for example what are you talking about Justin This is the one that is challenging but will happen. When they evaluate healthy families, a healthy family has an ability to manage stress and crisis effectively. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm a healthy family because if you were to look at my life, when I'm running in the house throwing stuff around or freaking out, that's not a good example because you get stressed out and sometimes you act out when you're stressed out. So what are they telling you? Listen, you're not immune from it, you're not gonna be exempt from difficult days or challenging situations, but a healthy family develops strategies now that will pull you together rather than tear you apart. Now my brother marrying off his last daughter, as you already know, if you're preparing for weddings, anybody in our culture knows it's challenging, it's difficult, it's stressful. And it reminded me of a movie clip from someone that was experiencing some real challenge. My brother did a great job. He made it through marrying off Ashley with you know, smooth sailing and it was really pretty cool. But he loves this movie and we grew up loving this movie as well. Anybody remember Father of the Bride? Anybody remember that old school movie? Yeah. If you've never seen it, great movie to go back and just show you how stressful it can be and how you manage that stress. And here he is, this dad, all the preparations, got his tux on, and he finally snaps. He doesn't do, do so well when it comes to the stress. And if you've never seen it, just a little look inside what it looks like when we don't do so well. Watch.
1: Yeah. yeah. Excuse me, sir, what are you doing? I'll tell you what I'm doing. I want to buy eight hot dogs and eight hot dog buns to go with them. But no one sells eight hot dog buns. They only sell 12 hot dog buns. So I end up paying for four buns I don't need. So I am removing the superfluous buns. Uh, I'm sorry, sir, but you're gonna have to pay for all 12 buns. They're not marked individually. Yeah, you wanna know why? because some big shot over at the Wiener Company got together with some big shot over at the Bun Company and decided to rip off the American public because they think the American public is a bunch of trusting nitwits who'll pay for things they don't need rather than make a stink. Well, they're not ripping off this nitwit anymore because I'm not paying for one more thing I don't need. George Banks is saying no. Who's George Banks? Me! Uh, Why don't we just calm down now, sir? I'll tell you why we don't calm down. Because you're not excited. It takes two people for a we to calm down, doesn't it? Uh,
0: That I don't know, sir. I'm just the assistant manager of a supermarket. But
1: I'll tell you this. If you don't pipe down and pay for those buns, I'm going to call the police. Oh, Right. Yeah, Uh uh-huh, yeah, right. That's right. Hey, right, hey. Hey, come here. Come here. Come here. here. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. That was the low point, flipping out over four hot dog buns. I couldn't figure out why I'd gotten so nuts, why the wedding had me so unglued. Banks, your wife is here. Aren't you gonna let me out? She wants to talk to you first. She wants to talk to me first?
0: Hello, George. That's a man's worst nightmare right there, right? When she finally comes in and looks at you, like, hello, George. You're like, oh man, have I really lost it? Have I lost everything? Yes. Because you and I both know different circumstances, different situations cause you to stress out, crisis comes in, and the next thing you know, are you handling it well or are you not handling it well? I think about all of the different people and friends and personal experiences in my life. Sometimes sickness can do that to you. My kids have been sick, and Angie hadn't felt well, so it adds a little crisis and a little stress, and then whether we handle that well, or it could be the economy right now. Anybody struggling over gas prices? Let me hear you if you're out there. Yes. And then me and my dad were talking on the phone. He lives down in Orange Beach, so I called him this week, and he's on a retirement budget, and he's trying to watch everything else, and he goes, can you believe that a bag of potato chips is $5? And I'm like, yeah, because my honeycombs are like five and a half. And I'm like, how in the world did honeycombs go to $5 plus for a a box of cereal? Well, all of that begins to create stress, and it begins to experience crisis in your life. It could be even bad choices some other family member makes. Somebody else makes a bad choice, and now it affects your family, and that crisis is happening, and you're going, oh, my gosh, how are we going to get through this? Well, the good news is we're trying to figure this out, and we're trying to make you better, me better. First Peter 4.12 gives you this example. Dear friends, don't be surprised or shocked that you're going through this testing. So you're not alone. I'm not alone. We're all going through these difficult times. But he puts in a last phrase that's pretty powerful. That testing is like walking through fire. Now, I don't know if you have ever walked through fire or not, but I can tell you, I have only been in a fire once in my life. I'm talking about a real serious situation. Now, it wasn't what you think. It wasn't my house burning down or some other circumstance like that. A couple of years ago, uh, a Zagon, fire chief in Bossier City, a good friend of mine called and said, hey, man, you want to go into a flashover box? And I'm like, what's a flashover box? Well, I'll show you so that you'll have an idea of what it is. It is basically a metal shipping container that they stuff all of this combustible material in, pallets and wood. They ignite it, and they begin to burn this fire inside of that box. And then guess what they do? They put you in it. But that, that sound like fun. Now, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. They lock you in a shipping container on fire. Now, if you've never seen this, or you don't know what it looks like, good news for you. I actually pulled together a video just to take you back in time. And the music choice behind this little video is for Greg Walker. All right, Greg, this is for you. Watch. Into the- If you have never been in that, whoa, if you've never been in that, I had not either, all right? And a couple of things happen when you go in there. They're going to give you some equipment I'm going to talk about in a minute that I brought on stage. But first, before we get into that, let me show you what the ceiling looks like in this fire. The fire gets so hot inside of this box that the smoke actually ignites. And when it ignites, it is like there are these devil fingers coming down trying to grab you in there. Doesn't that sound fun? And I'm like, what in the world is going on? And guess what happens? You get stressed out. You begin to get a little freaked out. So when I thought about, hey, don't be surprised when you're walking through this fire, I'm like, man, I have been there. Now, although you may never have walked through that kind of fire, and I hope that I don't have to do that again, I will tell you this. There were some lessons to be learned that you want to teach your children and you want to model for your family. Number one, remember this, if crisis comes, if you're in the middle of a fire, stay calm. Can I get an amen? Now, let me explain this to you. This was very important in this particular illustration of being in the flashover box. They want you to stay calm. Why? Because there's other people in the box with you. You have other family members going through the crisis with you as well. So if I lose my cool or they lose their cool, we all begin to lose our cool and we're all in danger. So Exodus even gives us a great reminder. Exodus 14, 14. You only need to remain calm. The Lord will fight for you. So this is the thing that they begin to make clear. I'm like, look, I'm going to try to stay calm, but this is fire. I'm kind of stressed out by this. And they're like, well, let me give you some good news, Justin. The reason you want to stay calm is because we're going to give you some equipment. This is the, you know, face mask that you wear. This is the heavy, heavy piece of equipment that has your air in it, all right? So they put all of this on you for a very important reason. Because without this, you're not going to make it. And if you do not stay calm, you will burn through your air. And then you're really going to be in a crisis situation. Now I learned more about this after this event and we decided through the generosity of Bossier City to take our old equipment that was still in very good shape but the little expiration date had expired on the U.S. use and we took it to Juarez because it was all very still serviceable and it still saved lives. And I went down with your help and we delivered this equipment down to our friends in Juarez and here's a reminder of what that looked like. Watch. Hey, what's up, Simple Church? That's right, we're here in Juarez, Mexico, and we just went through the whole ceremony of, again, thanking Bozier City and the Bozier City Fire Department for making it possible because this donation could not have been possible without the generosity of the people of America. Loving on the people down here in Mexico, and it's awesome to get to be a part of it. So thank you for helping by bringing the batteries, because without the batteries, none of this stuff works. So you did good. Keep doing good, and thanks again for helping us. Love on people around the world why I wanted to show you that is because all the equipment's good we're able to go down there and help them but you gave us batteries to also put in all of the equipment and so what I started thinking through when it comes to you and us and you're going what's the illustration well it really is a trust issue you have to trust that the people that are around you the trainers the firefighters have put in fresh batteries because that is how you know if the dial is working so, when you raised the money and we took all these batteries, we, you know, we donated all that equipment down there, we had to also take fresh batteries because without the batteries, it don't work. And so, if you don't have batteries that tell you, if you don't have the right equipment, then the next thing you know, man, you're in a serious crisis. And so, as I started thinking about you and me, and we're walking through all of these real circumstances and situations that are difficult, I started thinking about another example in the scriptures. And you go, well, what's that example? You know, what would you tell me when it comes to staying calm and lessons that we can learn from it? Well, Mark chapter 4 is a great example. Here is an example of some people, disciples, friends in the middle of a bad circumstance. It's not a fire, but it is a storm. And in the midst of all that was going on, here Jesus stands up, commands the winds, be quiet, be still, and there was a great calm that happens. But this is the part that kind of tripped me out. When you continue reading on, it says, then Jesus said to his disciples, why are you frightened? Why do you have no faith? Well, I started thinking, I was like, hey, Jesus, I had a news flash for you. It's kind of like me in the fire, but I'm in the middle of a fire. We're in the middle of a storm. We're in the middle of something difficult going on. But here's why Jesus was asking that. He was like, do you not trust me? Do you not know that I'm here with you? Do you not know that I'm going to walk with you through this? And here's what I thought about our kids and I thought about our lives. If your business is struggling, if your marriage is struggling, if you're going through a sickness crisis or an economic crisis, your kids are watching you. And they're wanting to know, hey, when things are going crazy, so when COVID was happening or if cancer is happening in your life and you're freaking out and angry and mad and tripping out and stressed out, then your kids are going, man, we got no peace. I guess knowing Jesus really don't matter that much. I guess that relationship is kind of low on the totem pole because it don't look like my parents understand it. They're losing their mind. So the economy, when you're griping upon, I don't know what we're going to do. This world's in trouble. They're going, oh, y'all know Jesus, mama, daddy, grandma, grandpa? So then I start thinking, number one, we're not calm. And they learn from us. They watch us. So then here's the second part that I want you to be able to learn from my experience in the firebox, also in crisis in general, is don't do it alone. You cannot walk through crisis by yourself. If you're going through divorce, if you're going through grief, if you're going through sickness, if you're going through cancer, if you're going through whatever it is, you cannot do it alone. And this is what I mean. You need Jesus in your boat. Make sure that in your life, if you've never asked him to come into your life, this is why it's so important. And then your kids need to know the same thing. Is that Jesus is the peacemaker. He is the one that can bring you peace. When we end our service, peace. That is what I am saying. May you walk out of here with Jesus in your life and peace in your life. Why? Because through Christ, he gives us that peace. Now, that's truth. Jesus was in the back of the boat. I don't care if he's in the back of the boat, the front of the boat. I don't care where he's at, and I'll put this on here so you see it. Jesus was in the back of the boat. At least he's in the boat. Can I get an amen on that? Some of you right right now may have put Jesus in the back of your boat. Well, I got other things to do. I got to sell this house. I got to get a better job. I got to get them out of the hospital. And you kind of moved him to the back, but at least he's in the boat. And this is the thing. Make sure your kids know that value. Your grandkids know that value. And then this is what's interesting. Jesus is sleeping on a pillow. Man, he got to my pillow. He ain't even worried. He's just like, he's out. And the disciples come in and they wake him up. Teacher, don't you care that we're about to die? So here's my other thing. Teach your kids to wake Jesus up. You're like, Jesus ain't never sleeping, brother. No, but what I mean by that is, you might be And when you don't discipline yourself to go ask Jesus for help, Jesus, help me. Man, I'm in the middle of this crisis. Run to him. Wake him up. Jesus, I need you. I am hollering at you. I am begging you. That's not a bad thing to make sure they know where to go in the midst of the crisis, to make sure they know who to talk to. They need to make sure that they have that relationship with Him. So when all that stuff's going on, they can make it through. And here's the thing. Your job and my job is to teach your family to talk to Jesus. Teach him, because Jesus can handle it, and he will handle it, and he promises not to leave us. Sometimes we feel like he's a million miles away. I promise you he is there. Hebrews 13, 5, the Lord himself promised that he will not leave you. He will not desert you, no matter what crisis you're in. I could have gone through a lot more illustrations. I could give you Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and how in the midst of the fire, man, God was standing there with him. Whatever illustration, whatever reminder you need, you need to know those stories and those scriptures and those truths. Even the story of in the middle of the storm that Jesus can bring calm and teach your kids and model that so that they learn it. Teach your grandkids, share it with each other so that when the world is looking for hope and answers, you and your family can provide that. Now there's one other lesson. Of course you've got to have Jesus in the boat. But this is the other part for me. Trust me, when I was in the middle of that firebox, I was talking to Jesus. When all the fires raging, I'm like, "Oh Lord, don't let me die in this box, Lord. They done locked the door. I'm in here with all these firemen. They know what they're doing. I have no idea. I'm like, Jesus, help me. But I'm being cool. I'm like, oh, yes, is great. There ain't no problem. In my mind, I'm going, this is the dumbest decision I've ever made in my life. But then this is what happened. Who else is in the box with you. Who else is going to remind you that you're going to be okay? You got to have Jesus. That's very important. Most important. But there's something also very important. For me in my situation when I tell you who else is there to remind you you're going to be okay was a guy by the name of Jeff Robertson. Boucher City fireman for a long time. This is a picture of him and his dad Clyde. Clyde I've known him all the way back from First Bozier. he's passed away he's with Jesus now but let me tell you why this picture is so important because Clyde taught Jeff how to be calm Clyde was one of the most cool collective guys you've ever met he knew when Christ was going on he was just quiet smooth able to just kind of help you get through it and guess what his son learned from him Jeff did the same thing now are me and Jeff perfect are we going to get it right all the time no but Jeff is a fireman he's a cemetery, he's a great guy And in the midst of all of those things, I had someone sitting next to me that was telling me with all the experience in the world, Justin, this ain't my first time in the box, I can tell you we're going to get through this. And if you need anything, I'm right here. All you have to do is let me know, touch me, tap me and go, man, I need out of here or I need this or my air is going low, whatever it is. And they were telling me with that mask on, he was stay calm, breathe slowly so that you don't burn up all your air out of your tank. All of that experience was coming from Jeff. Reminding me and teaching me and walking me through it. And here's my question to you Who is it that is around you that is helping you? Family's going through addiction. Who is it that's there to say, Hey, listen, man, I have some experience in that, and here's what you needed to to get through it? Someone's going through a divorce, or you got money issues, or teen problems, or you're going through grief. Who is it that is around you to say, Hey, we're going to get through this? Don't you give up. I got your back. We can make it through this. And what I learned very valuable. Is that if you don't have somebody around you that you can trust, that made sure there were batteries in the pack, that made sure my mask was on right, that trained me, that taught me, that sat with me, that walked with me in the fire and helped me walk out, then dude, you're in trouble. And guess what? So are your kids. So if you as an adult don't model that for them, don't show that to them, then how are they going to learn? How are they going to know what to do? So I'm over in Dallas doing training again. We're with Garland Fire Department. We're with Euless Fire Department, uh, Delray Beach out of Florida Fire Department. Uh, There's all these different guys coming in, 30 plus years, 40 plus years of firefighting. And in the midst of all of this chaplain training, I'm the new guy. I don't know a whole lot. I've been a pastor for over 30 years, but not necessarily understanding everything in the fire world. And through all of this training, there was very key phrase that they taught. And you ready for it? This is the one that sticks with me. Every chaplain needs a chaplain. And you go, well, what in the world does that mean? It means there are no super men or super women. That even as a chaplain, when you come in to provide calm and peace into a situation when there has been a tragic situation, you, when you leave that scene or you decide to go home or something else going on, you need someone else to call. So in this meeting, while we're gathered up with about 20 other guys, Everybody sharing contacts and phone numbers and going, hey, call me, dude, if you get in a situation where you're in a bind or you don't know what to do, a line of duty death or you got something going on because we're going to partner together. we got to network together because you can't do it by your own and every chaplain needs a chaplain. I have been there. I know what you're going through. I can help you. El Paso Fire Department was there. Some of my closest friends out of this event were the ones out of El Paso. And if you may remember, there was a Walmart issue that happened with the mass shooting." And what they learned through that situation was is no one chaplain could do anything. That they needed help from everywhere. And then after you had experienced all of what would happen, you had to have someone else to walk through it to get through it. Because it wasn't just about you helping the firefighter or the families. It was also about you going, man, are you okay? Are we going to get through this? So let me ask you a question. Do you have a counselor? Do you have a life group? Do you have a serve group? Who is it that you're depending on? Who is it that's sitting next to you to say, don't you give up? We're going to make it through this. I got you. This is why it's so important to look at the scripture, Galatians 6, 2, and teach your kids, help each other with your troubles. You can't do it by yourself. When you do this, you're obeying the law of Christ. These are basic principles that when a kid's going through something, man, they're going through some serious struggles or doubts or questions. You go, man, don't do it alone. And guess what? Don't just send them to the youth pastor. Don't just send them to the pastor. You as a parent are the influence in their life. Make sure you know and say, man, I'm available to you. Man, I'm willing to help you. What can I do to sit and listen? Or how can I help you through it? And yes, it's true that the church is here to partner and help. But don't underestimate your example and what you're setting. Because guess what? They grow out of a youth department. They may move and not be even a part of this church. And what you're teaching them and what you're investing in them matters because it lasts a lifetime it matters what you do with your time and your energy and your effort you can do it until you can't you have this opportunity until you don't don't miss it so, so for some of you you're going man it's hard for me to connect i'm trying to figure that out well one great way that you can get involved in this church is through volunteering you go well why Because when you're taking care of kids, you can talk to someone else and go, man, I've been there and hang in there and you're okay. We're going to get through it. Whether that's setting up, tearing down, taking care of kids, working, it's just a community to work through things. So as you've already known tonight, Family Feud, some of you, you're new, you're brand new. You're trying to figure it out. Come tonight. We're going to feed you. We're going to have some fun. But it might be just the thing you need to make the relationships to help you get through a hard time. And guess what? It might be what your kids need to see. It might be that they need to be reminded of the value. When we're so busy and so doing everything else that that becomes a priority to say, when crisis comes, there are people around me in my life group, in my small group, in my serve group that I can help me to get through this. Don't do it alone. Stay calm and remember how to teach your kids through that. Now, the second thing and the last thing, I should say the fourth thing, the second thing today, but the fourth thing we're gonna talk about. You go a healthy family, What is it? You have to understand the priority of spiritual stuff. You have to be able to show them and model them that your spiritual connection with God is a priority, and so is theirs. So as you're walking through this, there are consistent themes of guiding values and ethics and a commitment to important causes. For for me, for you, you should know this because you've been in the similar church, or if you're a guest, for me, that's Jesus. There's no doubt about it. That's why I want him in my boat. That's why I want him in my life. But what I am challenging you is, and what I am working through myself is, is if my kids look at my life, is spiritual health a priority? If you were to look at the question, you go, hey, man, do they look at you and go, man, my dad, man, he is always really in the midst of going, man, I want to make sure I stay connected to God. Or, man, my mom, she, she modeled that for me. She showed me how to get through things when things were going tough and she was calm and she was resilient and she pointed to scripture and she knew she had other people in her life that when she needed something, they gathered up and prayed together and then they would walk us through it or do they go, my parents have lost their mind. My parents trip out, throw stuff around the house and this is stupid. We ain't never doing that again and this country's going there and they ain't worth nothing and he's lost his mind and we ain't never participating in that or whatever it is or do they go, man, they can see in your life that, man, that's at the top of the list. Now, if I'm being transparent with you, I ask myself, do my kids see me praying enough? Not that God is great, God is good. Let us thank you for this food. Amen. No, you know, I'm talking about, hey, can I pray with you before you go to school or before you go to that job interview or when you're not feeling well? Or you got questions, hey, let's pray about that. Or do they see you and you go, hey, man, something's going on. Hey, here's a scripture that you can help. Hey, you're a little bit fearful, a little anxious. Hey, put this on your dashboard. Who else is going to do it? Who else is going to show them that? And who else is going to give that to them? Who else is going to say, hey, church is tomorrow. So let's get up and try to go ahead and go. Because you and I both know you didn't want to go either when you were a kid. You may not still want to go now, but you made it. So then you go, hey, come on, let's go. Let's go be a part of it. Hey, let's go serve. Let's go be a part of this event. Let's go do that. You can't do it all the time. I get it. You may not make it every weekend. That's okay. But what I'm telling you over the time, over the course of time, do they look at your life and go, man, I can see it in my parents. And it's a priority. It's not down the list. It doesn't happen when nothing else is going on. We'll make it work. No, they see it. They hear it. They experience it. Now, in my house, I'm going to be honest, what my kids probably think my priorities are, clean your room because they're pigsty's can I get an amen? amen thank you and so I'm like going just clean your room and they're going I think all my dad cares about is whether I have a clean room or not here's another one your grades you have got to work on your grades Okay, I could go to another sports, practice. Come on, we're late. You got to get to practice. Get your stuff. Why didn't you practice? Do you know how much time you have to put into it? If you're going to be better, you need to be working harder at this. And I need to get you. Let's get in the car. And what, is we, what are we saying? All of those things, social activities, sports, grades, cleanliness, are more important because we never ask them about their quiet time. We never ask them about how are you and God doing. And what hit me is, is this is the pastor, and I'm trying to help you in the same way I'm going to do. We got some work to do. Because guess what? If your kids are younger, you still got time. For me, mine are getting older. And this is us. And I need to go, hey, I need to work hard at it. Now, we do pretty good with time. And I'm working on my words and making sure they're appreciated. I mean, I want to know that when we've gone through crisis, and our family has, we've been pretty good at staying calm and letting other people get around us and support us and help us. But then I start really asking deep and really evaluating, are you setting the example spiritually? Now let me explain why this is so important. A healthy family system will always have a spiritual guidance in it. For us, like I told you, it's Jesus. So if you never point to him, you never talk about it. I'm talking about grandkids. It doesn't matter who you have. If you're thinking that the government's going to answer it or the next president's going to answer it or the next job is going to answer it or the next doctor is going to they're not. There are going to always be arguments for this side and that side and this is right and that's wrong. But here's the one thing I'm learning is like, hey, listen, man, you got to trust him. Wake him up. Talk to him in the boat. Make sure he's in your boat. Go to his scripture. Go to what gives you the peace. Because when chaos is happening, the truth of his word will help you get through it. So don't look at a whole lot of other junk. And in social media, quit comparing yourself to everybody else. And really look at what he's asking of you and what he says about you because you're unique. You're special. God has his hand on you. He's going to do something in your life. Grandparents and parents, you and I have to continually set that example and put it as a priority. Because we all need guidance in life. And the question is, is can you guide your child? Can you give them what they need? Or you go, well, I'm just going to take him to the youth pastor." I was that youth pastor and I'm telling you right now, you can't get to me enough because my phone don't always work and the email is full and I'm out of town. Can I get an amen? And when crisis comes and you want to go there, you already have to be working on it so that it is natural to say, here's what God's teaching me. And that's why when you go on mission trips and you get out of town with them and you spend these times on spiritual things and you go to SK Summer, there's lessons that are being planted in their mind. When you bring them to church and they go to their age appropriate thing. It's because there's little things going on there. When you do the FX box together, you're planning those seeds, and you are leading that. Not just some youth pastor, not just some, you know, children's minister. It's the family. And when you do those things, man, it begins to go inside of them. And that's the way the scripture actually intended it. They didn't have no youth pastors back in the Bible. I don't know if you figured that out yet. Something we created. And I'm not against them. I was one for a long time. We have them, but I'm going to tell you, it's not near as important as you as a grandparent, as a parent. Second Timothy, you know how, this is pretty awesome. (laughs) Paul's writing to Timothy like, man, you know how, you know how what? When you were a small child, you were taught the Holy scriptures. Who taught them? Did they have like a children's Sunday school class when they were going? No, the parents taught them. They didn't have daycare. They didn't have no way to go send them into a Sunday school room. No, it was like parents, you've been taught. You know how you did it. You taught them. And, And these are the things that make you wise to accept God's salvation. It's going, man, hey, we've set that example. Why? Because family is a huge part of God's system. You can't get around it. You can't avoid it. It is how he works. Now, I've been asking you to send all these family pictures in, and thank God, because we're wrapping up the series, i got to throw in a few that I just couldn't resist that I couldn't go through without showing you. Are you ready for this? You want to talk about a good-looking family? Look at this right here. That's why when you go through crisis, you're not alone. You're trying to get these pictures. It's like, man, it makes you laugh a little bit, but it helps you to understand. Now I got another one for you. This is my family right here. No, I'm just kidding. But isn't it good, good to know you're not the only one that has a dummy in your family? Look at that. That is so, I've got a cat. And then how about Axel Rose? Y'all know he had a family? <laughs> now, why do I like up show you that? Because, dude, there's all kinds of families, but whatever kind of family, it's still an important part of what God does. And he loves healthy families and healthy families systems now let me put this on here are you ready for this when I talk about healthy systems you go Justin what are you talking about all right I'm gonna give you one little bit of wisdom before we get out of here please remember this and teach your children this I wish I had known this earlier in life but I have figured it out at 50 plus everything God does is based on systems he is a systems God for example the solar system shall I show you exhibit a Everything is perfectly put together by a God who realized how important the system is He created the heavens and the earth and that is a system I can also go to the world to the earth. We live in there are ecosystems You don't have to like it. You can disagree with it and You can have all kind of political stances on this But let me just cut through all of that and just tell you that the way God set the world up is everything depends on everything else and that is why, dear hunters, we do hunt. Why? Because you're trying to keep the ego system healthy. Because if it gets out of balance, things get out of balance. Look at the pig population in our area. Every hunter said? Amen. Yeah, pull. Pew, you know what I'm saying. Why? Because the whole point is, is if it gets out of balance, then things get messed up. And it don't work well because those are ecosystems, solar system, ecosystem, created by God in the heavens, created by God on the earth. And he created you and me, which involves the human body system. Everything he created has a system, the ecosystem, the solar system, and then the respiratory system, the muscular system, the skeletal system. You have all of them, the nervous system. Why? Because God is a systems God. Please remember this and teach your kids this so then psalms 24 1 you ready for this the earth and everything on it belong to the lord the world and all its people belong to him that's his system and there are people systems in place now let's break it all the way down to you sitting in your chair here are some more systems for you look at this image you have spirit you have body and you have mind so when i grew up in church everybody be going through a hard time they say pray harder pray harder And the truth was, is I might be exhausted and what I needed to do was rest my body. And so if I would rest my body, then all of a sudden I was able to have a quiet time. Or someone may be struggling with depression and they would just say, well, you just need to pray harder. No, maybe you need to go talk to a counselor because you need to get your mind right. And then in the conjunction of all of those systems working together, you have health. Well, while I'm at the chaplain training this weekend... I know that this is in my message already. I'm teaching this. Guess what comes up on the screen while I'm teaching? I mean, while we're in there to learn, here's the next picture for you. A chapel in self-care, which once again are the four systems, body, mind, soul, spirit, saying, hey, you got to watch out for your health. If you're overexhausted, you're not able to provide. If you're not spending time with God, if you're not getting your mind right, then the systems get out of balance. It doesn't work. And guess what? As a mom or as a dad, when you're exhausted, stressed out, and you're not balancing your own individual system, well, then your marriage isn't great. And then all of a sudden, if between mom and dad it's not great, well, then the family's not great. And the next thing you know, those systems all work in conjunction with each other. Now, I got to hurry because I'm going to put this on the screen. First Thessalonians. God gives you peace. How? Because here we are. Spirit, soul, and body. Why? Because that's what keeps you healthy. It's another reminder. Well, Justin, I don't see the mind in there. Glad you brought it up. Romans 12, 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? Because all of those systems work together. But here's what I'm telling you. Individual health affects the individual family. So if... If you're struggling with addiction, if you're struggling with depression, then it affects everybody in the family. If you have childhood cancer, then all of a sudden spiritually you're struggling, you're tired, and all of these begin to happen. And that's why working on your own spiritual health sets an example for your kids. And if you don't go get help for your addiction, if you don't manage your time well, if you don't come to church, if you don't put spiritual stuff in your life and you set the examples, then guess what? It's out of control and it's chaos. It's chaos and they're looking at you the this is the thing you are the example when it talks about individual health i'm gonna put it on the screen for you're you a huge influence on your child's life you are don't forget it so we partner with you giving you fx box telling you about church mission trips community services asking you to volunteer why because in ephesians you'll see this ephesians 6 4 and now A word to parents. Don't keep on scolding and nagging your kids and making them angry and resentful. I guess they were writing that to me. Jesus, thank you. Rather, bring them up in loving discipline so the Lord himself approves. And then with these suggestions and godly advice, they can be better. That's the goal. So ask yourself, have I set that example? Am I nagging them? Am I mad at them? Am I griping at them? Am I lovingly disciplining them and showing them what God says? Hey, I need you to help me with this. Hey, let's go volunteer. Hey, man, let's go be a part of this. Hey, let's have a little quiet time. Let's work on this FX box together. Discipline. Hey, let's spend a little time together. And when you do, this is what hits you. You realize that all this scripture matters. And why I know it matters is we wrap up and we get ready to walk out of here. I'll do two funerals in the next two days. One was older, wiser, had a full life. The other one went too soon. I don't know what your life's going to look like. I don't know when you're going to go. I don't know when I'm going to go. But the one thing that I do know is that what we do right now matters. And you go, well, how do you know that? Well, I'll give you a modern day example of how your kids are watching you and how they're learning from you. Who? How? Associate pastor, come through once again. Steve, show us.
1: His was the only story I was literally born to tell. The story of an auto worker dad who raised three children in total anonymity. Until one day his youngest son, that would be me, put a TV control room in his garage and rigged the house with cameras just to see what the retiree did all day. (laughs) Which wasn't much. And yet, to my surprise, that story resonated with viewers. Not because he was my dad, but because he was every dad of that generation. He lived to be 92 and never once answered a cell phone successfully. Hello. He had Starbucks one time. I want a tall, matchy A caramel macchiato. What a ripoff. I With an extra shot of cheapskate. You don't have to finish it if you don't want to. Uh, I'm not going to throw it away for $3.35. <laughs> My dad never got over the Great Depression. Good gosh. Even when staring into splendor, he could still spot a way to save money. I see a dime and I see some pennies. I see a couple of quarters. There's a good buck yeah. 50 out there, Dad. Well, it wouldn't be that hard to get it. Dad, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> and yet, he never skimped on conversation. That dog real? He'd talk to anyone. How much was gas in 1955? Often about the history of gas prices. hear that? What's that? 10 cents a gallon in Kansas of the gas war. Really? That's interesting. My dad was an accidental humorist. Slow down. He rarely meant to be funny, Ow. but he was deliberate with his love. Say a prayer. By far the most selfless man I knew. So you try to think of one thing you ever bought for yourself? Well, I can't think of anything offhand. I can't either. His death makes me an orphan. My mom died a few years ago, and I can tell you this is a unique kind of emptiness when there is no one left on earth to love you quite so unconditionally. The last story I did with my dad was when we had to move him out of his house in Toledo. He had to decide what was worth saving. And in the end, it all came down to faith, rosary, and family. I love you, Dad. Happy Valentine's Day. You want to throw that away? No. A great parent does a lot more than make you wash behind your ears. A great parent is a miracle worker who can mold a helpless blob like this one into a child who feels invincible. And although losing such a parent can feel like kryptonite, remembering them in all their glory can make your heart fly. Steve Hartman, on the road, in Toledo.
0: Come on y'all, give it up for Steve. I'm two minutes over and the children, people are bad at me, but before we go, remember this. He was selfless, his faith, and his family. What will be said of us? What priority will you set? What example will you set? God, I pray that we will be like you, that we will love our kids, that we will set the example, and if they would see how important this relationship is. And as we talk about you and walk with you, that our kids would learn from that. If there's someone that's never done that, I pray today they'd say, Jesus, come into my life. Get in my boat, Jesus. I need you. And I want you to help me, God, to be the best parent, the best grandparent, the best friend, whatever it may be, so that this world is better. We have an opportunity. God, help us not to miss it. God, help us to set that example. It matters what we're doing. Lord, I pray, Lord, for each and every one of them, God, that they would experience peace and that we would set all of the examples, the way we talk, the way we hug, the way we treat them, the way we spend time with them. When crisis comes, we would be that calming force that pushes them to you and shows them you. And the God that we really would, when all is said and done, model who you are. That we would be the ones that show them that the spiritual part of our lives is most important. It's a priority. Thank you, Jesus, for grace. Thank you for new beginnings. Help us to set that example Even start today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can I get an amen somewhere? Come on, one time. Set it tonight. Dude, if you want to come hang out with us 5 to 7 tonight, we'll be right in here. Get your t-shirt for Easter. We'll train you. Have a lot of fun. And then if not, I will see you next week. I need you, baby. Come on, help us. All right, I love you. Until next week, what do we say? Peace.